0: Good morning. Thank you for coming. I'm glad to see so many new people here today. Welcome. Um, And, uh, you know, I want to, of course, thank Galen for inviting me to give this talk. It always uh, uh, makes me, you know, take 10, 10 steps further. (laughs) Um, um, So it's, it's really been a good experience. And when I, when I, uh, Talked to her about it. Um, <clears throat> I presented her with my very large idea, maybe half hoping that she would say, "No, no, that's too big." <laughs> but she's instead. She said, "Go for it." <laughs> so, <clears throat> so. Um <clears throat> All right. So I, I'm going to uh, start with a question. Um. Is there a dragon singing in a withered tree? Who says yes? (laughs) 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 The rest of you say no. (laughs) Okay, um, this is from a a Dogen fascicle called Dragon Song. Um, I took a class with Kokyo Henko, who's gonna be coming here to teach us uh, at the end of the month uh, on the fascicle dragon song. So, you know, what is this withered tree? You know, uh, uh, a withered tree is a tree that has really let go of everything. Uh, all the leaves have been let go of, all the flowers. Um, and uh, it's maybe uh, a metaphor for Zazen, where in Zazen, we let go, we um, um, move toward uh, silence and stillness. Um, But, you know, silence and stillness is not the end because in that withered tree of silence and uh, stillness is a dragon singing. (laughs) So what is the dragon singing? Um, There are lots of different ways of interpreting it. Um, One way is to say that... um, Um, this dragon singing is actually the phenomenal world that we, we move into silence and stillness, sort of moving away from the phenomenal world, but then it blossoms into this amazing song Um, or it can be uh, 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 the outpouring of creativity that, can come from that sort of has its origin in this silence and stillness, <clears throat> and Dogen himself uh, is a really good example of that. So uh, Dogen, Dogen's work is really central to uh, uh, our practice here at the at the Zen Center. Um, um, he lived in uh, the twelve hundreds. <laughs> <clears throat> in in japan uh he's considered the the founder of our soto zen lineage and uh he was immensely creative and i just wanted to show you this book it's called the treasury of the true dharma eye which is dogen's a collection of dogen's work and i just uh i just wanted to bring it because it it has a beautiful heft to it i was a little bit afraid of (laughs) Giving it to my Jisha to, <laughs> to carry in like this. If, you know. But she was she's very strong. She could do it. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's got this beautiful heft. It has beautiful uh, thin pages with a very readable font. It has uh, a, an extensive and extremely helpful glossary at the end. <clears throat> so I just want to um, encourage you. Not to be afraid. <laughs> There's a certain fear of Dogen, um, but not to be afraid of Dogen. And I think of this book, The the Treasury of the True Dharma Eye, as Dogen's dragon song. I mean, it is, it's really a, a, a dragon song, I think. And so, uh, you know, if I try to imagine, well, what does a dragon song sound like? I imagine that it would be rather startling and uh, <clears throat> uh, unexpected sounds would would come out. Um, it might have a certain uh, profundi- profundity to it. Um, <clears throat> um, so when I think of the Shobogenzo, the treasury of the true Dharma eye, um, I remember the wildness of <laughs> Dogen. Um, People think it's very serious, and it is very serious and very profound, but it's also wild and and poetic and uh, full of things, like I made a list here. Um, Singing dragons, golden Buddhas, heads on top of heads, flowers falling from the sky, eyeballs and lions in skulls, the moon spitting (laughs) and swallowing. Did you know that the that the moon spits and swallows <laughs> uh, mountains, walking treasure boats, etc., um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. And um, it is true that it's very puzzling. Uh, his his festivals are very puzzling, but um, we like a good puzzle, right? <laughs> so um, uh, I just want to I just want to encourage you to take on this. <laughs> this practice. Okay, so um, <clears throat> the title of this book, as I said, is the Treasury of the True Dharma Eye. So what is the true Dharma Eye? That's the, the subject of my talk today. What is the true Dharma Eye? Okay, so the story of the Buddha, uh, in the story of the Buddha, uh, we learned that um, at his enlightenment, his eyeball was smashed. <laughs> okay, which which means that the I think that the eye that sees through the conven- conventional lens was destroyed. Okay, sort of one, once and for all. So, what is this conventional lens? Um, it has to do with our fixed views, our um, <clears throat> our prejudices um our uh, defensiveness uh, we want to defend ourselves against uncertainty and um, <clears throat> um, uh, uh, uh difficulty and uncertainty um it's it's full of agendas um it's full of the desire to control everything um it fears impermanence okay and it, it fears the unknown and so it, Uh, the conventional eye is an eye that sees through a kind of shell that we build around ourselves, having to do with our, our, our uh, self image is a big, big part of that also. So um, the true Dharma eye, which the Buddha then um, found uh, what, what is that now? (laughs) So, he, this, he titled this himself, um, and I think that many of the fascicles, they're called fascicles, there are 96 of them in the book, um, are about the true Dharma eye. What is the true Dharma I? Um, <clears throat> so uh, there's this uh, beautiful poem that Galen read at the Buddha's Enlightenment ceremony last year. And and here here it goes. It's about, it's the story of the Buddha. Um, On this winter morning, many centuries ago, after long and patient struggle to find the truth, a human being looked up and saw the morning star for the first time and was set completely free, laying down his heavy burden once and for all, realizing unsurpassable peace, heart opened wide as the sky. And from his mouth came forth a great lion's roar. I was, am, and will be fully awakened simultaneously with the entire universe. Thus mountains, rivers, the great earth, and all living beings are residing in the eye of Shakyamuni Buddha. And Buddha's eye has become each of our bodies here and now, dropped off, compassionate, and joyous beyond measure. So, we are Buddha's eye. Our bodies, in our in our the bodies themselves, we are Buddha's eye, <clears throat> seeing through this, seeing uh, true reality. We are. We just are. <laughs> Okay, so the first one I wanted to talk about. Do we have the chant books? We have the. That's all right. We can we can pass them out now. Um, the first uh, festival I wanted to talk about uh, is called Manifestation of Great Prajna. And it is a commentary on the Heart Sutra. And so, especially since we have so many new people here today, I thought we should have that in front of us. Um so we're gonna pass this pass this around. (laughs) So it's on page four, is that right? Patrick, page four. (laughs) On page four. So we chant this every morning. So those of you who were here for the service this morning, uh, you've already chanted. You've already chanted this. <clears throat> okay. So it's it starts off Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva, when deeply practicing Prajna Paramita, clearly saw that all five aggregates are empty. And thus relieved all suffering. Okay, so it's it starts out that way. So Avalokiteshvara um, is the bodhisattva of compassion. Um, so her his her teaching is um, comes from compassion. Uh, it's to relieve all suffering. Um, prajna is often translated as wisdom beyond wisdom. In other words wisdom beyond human wisdom, beyond what we are capable as limited beings of understanding. Okay, so um, the aggregates, uh, uh, that's a translation for the word skanda, uh, sometimes translated as aggregates, but sometimes translated as streams of body and mind. In other words, those ask... Those things that make up our human experience: form, sensation, perception, mental formations, and consciousness. Okay. So we're um, encouraged in this in this first line to see our experience as empty. Okay, so emptiness is. It's it's the word, (laughs) and it's problematical because we have, it sounds uh, desolate. Emptiness sounds desolate, but um, actually it it isn't. (laughs) Okay, so emptiness, uh, uh, shunyata is the Sanskrit. The uh, translation of shunyata uh, can also be boundlessness, spaciousness, uh, impermanence, uh, the fact that if we have an essence at all, it's not an individual personal essence. It's an essence that we all share with other human beings and all things. Okay. So we're empty of an individual separate self, as we know from my taste <laughs> um, practice period this this summer, we have no separate self. So that's part of emptiness. Um, um And I think, I think that included in that is ungraspability. Okay, So we can't grasp grasping our grasping form, grasping sensation, grasping our uh, 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 mental formations, it just doesn't work. <laughs> we find out soon enough that where we tried to grasp and control, our, our thoughts, or our forms, or our bodies, or, you know, just, just doesn't really work. And it's that, that grasping that creates suffering. And when we stop trying to grasp, and hold on, that's where suffering is relieved, when we can see that everything is impermanent, flowing, and constant movement, <clears throat> when we can, um, um, when we can see that then that relieves our suffering And so we you know it's, we, we try to test that if you're a Zen student you want to test that all the time. If I let go, how will I see? We're, we're always trying to, to, um, to find that 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 uh, letting go So Dogen's translation or his, uh, paraphrase of this first line is Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva, while experiencing deeply the manifestation of Prajna. So he, he wants to talk about experiencing deeply the manifestation of Prajna. Clearly saw with the entire body that all five skandhas are empty. Okay, so he's talking about emptiness. In this festival. he's talking about emptiness. Emptiness itself, this boundless boundlessness, this <clears throat> ungraspability, this impermanence, um, <clears throat> as a manifestation of wisdom beyond wisdom. that that is what it is, that wisdom beyond wisdom, this wisdom beyond human understanding, is emptiness. And everything is empty. Everything is empty. And so, because everything is empty, um, in a sense, you can rely on everything. (laughs) So there's a line later on that says, um, um, a bodhisattva relies on prajnaparamita, and thus the mind is without hindrance, and without hindrance there is no fear. Okay, so we can't rely, we can't grasp, we can't rely on any one thing. I can't, uh, uh, um, you know, I can't I can't rely on, let's say I have a friend that I want to rely on. Well, maybe she'll move away. It's happened to me many times. Um, or maybe she'll even die. Or maybe we'll have a falling out. Or you know, I can't rely on any one uh, person or thing but I can rely on the wholeness of everything streaming together <laughs> and the emptiness of it. I can, I can rely on that. <clears throat> I, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's really, really, really helpful. Um, so to see with the true Dharma eye is to awaken to the emptiness of all things and we can take refuge in all things. And if we want to study, according to this fascicle, if we want to study the mani- the profound manifestation of prajna, we study things as we would study empty space. So we study the spaciousness, the space between atoms, you know, the space <clears throat> between the molecules. That's what we study. So we study that. We study that spaciousness. <clears throat> so this is. This is how to, uh, this is one way of thinking about the true dharma eye, is to study spaciousness and to know that we can rely upon it. We can rely on all things. Then there's no hindrance. (laughs) Okay, so, um, uh, oh, I forgot that. My favorite thing in this particular fascicle is this poem that um, um, his teacher, Ru Jing, who lived in China. So Dogen traveled to China to find a teacher. He couldn't find one in Japan. He had a hard time finding one in China. You can imagine what that was like being on a boat, going from Japan to China in 1220 <laughs> something, what that was like, then traveling around China, trying to find a teacher. He finally found a teacher who is even a little wilder than he <laughs> okay so here's here's the poem <clears throat> the entire body is a mouth windbell a windbell hanging in empty space so the entire body is hanging in empty space like a, a windbell regardless of the wind from east west south or north so all kinds of karmic effects right but the this this body hanging in spaciousness (coughs) doesn't care (laughs) um and this body is joining the whole universe in chiming out prajna so our own bodies are joining the universe in chiming out prajna and what does it sound like ting ting (laughs) (laughs) Ting, 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 ting. <laughs> <laughs> the entire body is a mouth, a wind bell, hanging in empty space, regardless of the wind from east, west, south, or north, joining the whole universe in chiming out prajna. Ting ting, ting ting, ting ting. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. Um, so... Um, uh, he never wants to stop with one formulation. You'll notice when you when you take this on, you decide to take this on. It's incredibly fun. I just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. Okay. No. What? <laughs> 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 oh, I have a really great poet right here beside me. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, um, so there. There, I'm going to talk about three other formulations that he that he presents. One is in a uh, Fasco called "Radiant Light," "Radiant Light," where he says that um, everything is radiant light. Everything is radiant light. <clears throat> so he, uh, this is based on a story about Yunmen, who is a one of our Chinese ancestors from. The 800s, something like that. Yeah. Well before, well before Dogen. And he was, he lived to be like 86 years old. Pretty old at that at that time, certainly. Um, and he was one of those uh, teachers that would shout or strike you with a staff in order to wake you up. <laughs> so it was one of the fierce, one of the fierce teachers. Um, I just want you to have a picture of it before we before we continue <laughs> this story. Um, so, in the story, uh, Yunmen ascended the teaching seat and said to the assembly, "Each and every person embodies the radiant light. If you try to see it, it is totally invisible. Then, what is each and every person's radiant light?" No one in the assembly answered. Yunmen answered for them. The monks' hall, the Buddha hall, the kitchen, and the monastery gate—in other words, all of their surroundings were their radiant light. So, you know, we could think of this right here: the 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 walls and the cushions and the chairs and the windows and the trees, all as our radiant light. That the the everything sort of radiates out of out of us in, in a sense. Um, <clears throat> So um, uh, Dogen goes on to say, Yunmen did not say that each and every person's radiant light will appear later, has appeared in the past, or is appearing nearby. Clearly hear the words, each and every person embodies the radiant light. This is my favorite part. Assemble 100 or 1000 Yunmens and make them investigate together, and speak in one voice, <laughs> do you like that? Can you imagine 100 yunmens, 1,000 yunmens <laughs> saying every person embodies the radiant light. So this is this is how Dogen writes, it's pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> Each and every person embodies the radiant light is not Yun-men's personal statement. Everyone's light takes itself up and makes the statement. Each and every person embodies the radiant light means all humanity embodies the radiant light. So this is how the true Dharma eye sees that every person and everything embodies the radiant light. I uh, had the experience recently of um, having my eyes dilated, and finding myself in my dining room, <clears throat> where which was full of sunlight, and just feeling like, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, <laughs> you know, if 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 my normally our eyes dilate, so we can't we can't really see the radiant light, right? Eyes are not dilated. Yeah. They're, they're, they they act as protection against too much light, right? But then, when you have your eyes dilated, <laughs> you could see Patrick's eyes right now. <laughs> yeah. If you're, you know, then suddenly you can see the everything. Mm-hmm. Ev- how radiant everything is! Okay, all right. <laughs> So grass, trees, tiles, and walls, as well as skin, flesh, bones, and marrow, are the red and white of radiant light. Haze, mist, water, and rocks, as well as the path of a bird and the profound way, are rotating circles of radiant light. All right. Okay, so moving along. So if you if you look at um everything as a manifestation of prajna um that everything is empty and as as a uh, uh, manifestation of emptiness we are manifesting prajna or if you think of everything as radiant light that really emphasizes the oneness and sameness of everything it's not that oh that person has a certain glow <laughs> It's not, it's not like, it's not like that. It's everything. Um, But then in painting of a rice cake, I think he wants to emphasize that um, uh, things are, are painted with different paints. Okay. So he's going to say now that everything is a painting, which is uh, a little bit hard to understand for me. A little bit hard to understand, but he he does want to say. I, I think if you read the whole fascicle, that you know we're we're painted with different ingredients. You know, um, so a rice cake is painted with rice flour. And if you look up rice cake on on Wikipedia, you can find that there's an incredible variety of rice cakes <laughs> all over <of> <laughs> Asia beautiful colors and different flavorings and seasonings and and so on. I encourage you to do that. (laughs) Um, So um, what is a person made of? What is a Buddha made of? How is a Buddha painted? Um, So here's a a quotation from Dogen. Uh, When mountains and waters are painted, blue, green, and red paints are used. Strange rocks and wondrous stones are used. The four jewels and the seven treasures are used. Can you imagine a a painting of a mountain? A mountain is painted with the jewels and seven treasures. The seven treasures are, um, I forget, I was going to write them down, but gold and silver and amber and, you know, many, many precious objects that come right out of the earth, right? Um, rice cakes are painted in the same manner when a person is painted the four great elements earth water fire and air and the five skandhas remember form sensation perception mental formations and emptiness so when a person is painted the four great elements and the five skandhas are used when a buddha is painted Not only a clay altar or a lump of earth is used, but the 32 marks, a blade of grass, (laughs) and the cultivation of wisdom for incalculable eons are used. As a Buddha has been painted on a single scroll in this way, all Buddhas are painted Buddhas, and all painted Buddhas are actual Buddhas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the coming and going of birth and death is a painting unsurpassed enlightenment is a painting the entire universe and the open sky are nothing but a painting motion and stillness are nothing but a painting our endeavor at this moment is brought forth entirely from a painting so I thought I would um so what kind of paintings did Dogen look at um, so I, I looked at painting from I googled painting from the Kamakura era, <clears throat> and it was really a, a, a kind of a wonderful thing because those paintings from that era are full of movement, full of drama, <clears throat> full of uh, <clears throat> the full of heroes and monsters and. <laughs> It kind of reminded me as has anyone seen the the anime spirited away oh, okay. they kind of reminded me as a of a um a precursor to spirited away full of movement and and drama and you know eight-headed monsters and uh vengeful ghosts manifesting as thunder gods <laughs> huge black clouds in the sky, but uh, I was really kind of surprised. So, so uh, uh, I read some, uh, uh, an article about painting at that time said it was Japanese painting was very different from Chinese painting, which was more static, that the Japanese painting during that time was very um, (laughs) kind of wild, kind of cartoony, a little bit cartoony, kind kind of wild, very spontaneous very very spontaneous so maybe if we want to think of um, <clears throat> everything as being a painting we can think of that that spontaneity and that um, kind of wild drama <laughs> <clears throat> okay so um <clears throat> um i thought i was having some trouble connecting to this one So, but I came to this line, the moment when a painted rice cake is made of rice flour is the moment of actualizing the way. So the moment when all the ingredients come together, that's when the way is actualized. So as we're practicing, you know, throughout our day, when everything sort of comes together in a kind of composition, I guess, (laughs) You have moments like that where suddenly you see the yellow banana against the blue of the countertop. <laughs> it kind of comes together, and that's kind of a moment of actualizing the way. Maybe you'll have some ideas during the that you can share with me during the during the Q and A. So, <clears throat> okay, one more. Um, <clears throat> this is a festival called "Within a Dream," expressing the dream within a dream, expressing the dream. So we, we hear over and over in Buddhist teachings that we should look at life as a dream. And I, this has been a practice of mine for, for a long time. And lately I've been practicing it this way. Um, <clears throat> I had a dream that I was sitting in the Zendo, giving a Dharma talk, and Rachel was there, and Joan, and Deborah, and Nikki. And over to my right, Kent, you know, I had I had a dream. And then suddenly this moment has a certain meaning or I'm sitting uh, with my cat. Um, I'm sitting on the floor with my cat. I dreamed that I was (laughs) I dreamed that I was sitting on the floor with my cat and I began to sing to her a little song and she got up and walked all the way around me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if I, if I see it as a dream, it has a special quality, a special meaning, I think. Um, <clears throat> so with Dogen, Dogen is s- s- saying that this world is an mm-hmm. enactment, this life is an enactment Of a dream of awakening. It's a dream, it's an enactment of a dream of awakening. So he quotes the Lotus Sutra, another really beautiful poem. Um, All Buddhas with bodies of golden hue, splendidly adorned with a hundred auspicious marks, hear the Dharma and expound it for others. Such is the fine dream that ever occurs in the dream you are made king then forsake palace and household entourage along with utmost satisfaction of the five sense desires and travel to the site of practice under the bodhi tree under on the lion's seat in search of the way after seven days you attain the wisdom of the buddhas completing the unsurpassable way and this poem goes on to tell more of the story of Buddha's life, <clears throat> but the to me the key is this is the dream that is occurring constantly. This dream of the the Buddha's enlightenment <clears throat> it didn't just happen once uh, a couple thousand years ago, uh, twenty five hundred years ago. It didn't just happen once. It's happening right now. <clears throat> It's happening. This dream of enlightenment. We are here to enact it. It's almost like that's our, that's why we're here to enact from moment to moment. This dream of, of awakening. To express the, this is Dogen to express the dream within a dream is the ancient Buddhas. It is to ride in this treasure boat and directly arrive in the practice place. That's where we are, right? We have directly arrived in the practice. This is the practice place. (laughs) Directly arriving in this practice place is riding in the treasure boat. Meandering dreams and direct dreams, holding and letting go, all freely flow like gusting breezes. (laughs) So... The, the the present, this is another quotation, the present expression of the dream within a dream is to experience right now this expression as expressing the dream within a dream. To experience right now that this right now is expressing the dream within a dream. Indeed, this is the marvelous joy of meeting a Buddha. <clears throat> so... Um, I, I wanted to uh, present with to you before I finish a, a couple of examples of you know uh, <clears throat> of uh, people close to me that I feel have experienced the true Dharma um, eye. <clears throat> uh, because this is something for us ordinary people, right? It's not just for monks and and it's uh <clears throat> for us. Right, it's 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 for us. Um, So uh, one example is a friend who was recently in the hospital. Um, Something had gone wrong with an operation. She had to go back to the hospital. Um, She had to lie there with a tube in her nose. Very painful. Very uh, uh, extremely uncomfortable. Uh, Some certain bodily fluid coming out through the through the tube, Um, but. You know, so I was texting with her, um, and <clears throat> what she said that impressed me so much was that she was not denying the in- extreme discomfort of this situation, but what she said was, but I'm overwhelmed by the kindness of everyone around me. I'm just over overwhelmed by that. And to me, that's a, a person who is not denying, it's not uh, – <clears throat> not denying the, the, the suffering of that situation, but still able to really see that she's really being cared for. And um, I, that just really moved me. <clears throat> and um, um, another person uh, uh, was invited to go to Europe, and she'd never been there before, and she had to – Go visit her sister, and you know, and see some friends, and 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 so on. But she she had never been to Europe before. She was a little bit, you know, a little bit uncertain about it. So uh, she went there, and she found after these visits that she could. She wanted to stay on, and she's she's a a, a single woman um, my age um she decided that she would she would stay on and each day became uh a new experience um she had she didn't have any agenda she didn't make a plan where she was going to go it was just each day told her what where she needed to go and what she needed to see and and uh i think it was incredibly liberating and for for those of us who followed her on Instagram, where she was posting all kinds of photos, um, I kind of felt that freedom that she was experiencing um, <clears throat> because she wasn't seeing with the conventional eye. And then something happened. It was a, um, uh, she witnessed a terrible, terrible, uh, ev- a violent event um, and I, I, I don't think it's appropriate to go into it here, but but she was she was right there with a, a, a man with a knife um, in a in a beautiful park. Um, and, you know, she was not she knew it wasn't going she wasn't going to uh, be able to tackle him. OK, I mean, this was a big man. I saw a picture of him. She wasn't going to be able to tackle him. Well, what could she do? Well, she's a photographer. She filmed, she filmed it. She didn't run away. She had the presence of mind. You know, she had been really um, training herself in presence of mind um, and in the true dharma. Eye. And so she, she filmed it. And later, the police were incredibly grateful because they had this perfect filming <laughs> of this event. And uh, then she went on and traveled some more. <laughs> I was like, oh, come home! Aren't you ter- terribly traumatized? But uh, but she was able to, to uh, uh, keep traveling. Um, so anyway, I think that that is a uh, an example of someone who, an ordinary person like us, who was able to um, open her eyes and look at the world without the shell that prevents us from truly seeing true reality. Um, So, um, you know, here we are, ordinary people, right now. And we have arrived at the practice place Riding in our treasure boat. (laughs) Riding in our treasure boat. We have arrived right now into this flowing dream of awakening. And um, if we look around, we see the radiance. We can see the radiance of our fellow human beings. I can see your chairs and your cushions and the window and the trees. You know, we... We, we can right now um, see the radiant light and perhaps all the ingredients can come together and we are a painting. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> the way is at this moment actualized. And we can see that all is a boundless and ungraspable, Manifestation of wisdom beyond understanding. We are Buddha's eye.